0: This is Cecil, and you're listening to the Diamond Talk Podcast presented by the Craft Factory. Now, here's Rob, Daniel, and your shoey to bring you the latest of what's going on around the video. Hey guys, what's up? You're listening to SSAW Diamond Talk, episode number two, um, right at you, and presented by the Craft Factory. We thank you guys again for listening um great to have uh both two colleagues on with rob and daniel my name is cecil and uh we're just here to talk about all things baseball on and off the diamond uh we'll just jump right into it how's everybody feeling i'm good man good 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 um so some craziness has already happened um you know the A's are A's just put a smackdown uh, <laughs> recently on the Astros. I don't know where they scored like 21, 21 to six or something they're like that. by football, season. Uh, um, mm-hmm. yeah. And I told I told you guys in the last episode. I said if they just somehow win the series, that'll be a huge confidence booster for them. That's yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. So they're on a good track. So we'll we'll see what happens with that rest of that series. But in other news, um, one of the biggest headlines that we came across: huge, huge, huge injury to Yelich, for many reasons. He fractured his kneecap. A ball hit him on the kneecap out for the year. Um, And they were in the playoff hunt. And now uh, we can all attest and say that Bellinger pretty much wrapped up the award due to this injury. Um, But the question I want to throw at you guys uh, out the gate, um, what's the outlook now? I mean, the the Brewers – they were kind of on the outside looking in, but they had a fighter's punch. They had a, a puncher's chance, if you will. But now, since they're out, uh, since Yelich is out, excuse me, what is the Brewers? Are they on life support? Are they out? Are they just like, what is their outlook right now?
1: Well, you know, as of, as of today, I believe that the Brewers are still just one game back in the wild card. They're still mm-hmm. definitely in it to, to win the wild card. I think the bigger issue happens if if you do get in you really don't expect to do much you know you lose your you lose your biggest piece in in the lineup you really you don't have much after that you have you have Braun that has you know every every once in a while he he does he does all right but he's not somebody that's going to carry a team you also have to remember that for the rest of the season uh, Javi Baez will be out so that you know helps them as far as as far as getting in you know getting in so it's gonna be. It's gonna be I think teams like the Mets and teams like the Diamondbacks are the ones that are gonna gain the most out of out of these last out of these injuries the last couple of days.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's that's a huge, huge setback. So, um,
2: Rob, what, what is your, how do you feel about Yelich going down the way he did? I think I think it's probably one of the most drastic things that could have happened um, to any team. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. A little to the extreme and I say they, they basically are the closest thing they could be to, uh, to being on life support um, I don't see yeah. i don't see Milwaukee even if they do make the postseason I don't see them being a real threat I didn't see them being a real threat even with Yellick at full health I had them as one of my preseason disappointments um, simply because I think they extremely overachieved last year going to the NLCS with the Dodgers I didn't see them repeating that and without Christian Yellick um, I just don't think there's enough talent on that team compared to the other postseason teams not saying that they don't have a good amount of talent but in comparison with some of the guys that they might go up against um i really don't see them doing much um you know daniel mentioned like javi baez um as well you know another not necessarily this season but you know uh you're talking about a top 10 top 20 player in the game Um, A guy who can um, impact the team's final stretch, um, impact the team's performance in the postseason. I don't I don't think we've heard anything yet um, in terms of bias for the postseason. I know they did say he's probably out Mm -hmm. for the regular season. Um, But yeah, even for Chicago, missing a player like that will definitely knock down your chances a bit. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's two big stars. Um, There's other, you know, role players for the Yankees, the Twins and things like that, that, that's going to impact their performance as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we'll see we'll definitely see what happens. Um again, injuries can play a part. And you know, sometimes it can be rare in baseball. You can have, you know, injury that can play through. Then there's injuries like this where it's, you know, you're done. And so, um, you know, pray for a speedy recovery for let's come back strong next year. Um, is it a safe bet though to give Bellinger the MVP award? Because I know the last episode we we mentioned some names. Right. But you know, I know they have a puncher's chance, too, but is it a safe bet to say, you know what, give it to Bellinger? There's nobody really competing with him right now. I'd put my money on him.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's hard It's hard to bet against him. I think some interesting things could happen, though, towards the end of the season. If if Milwaukee takes an absolute nosedive, you're going to say, wow, the, the impact yeah. of Yellick is that big. You kind of have to make an MVP. Plus, as far as just the... Uh, the late inning, the clutch, the clutch statistics. He's batting something ridiculous, like 500 in like late game situations, which is which is absolutely stupid. Yeah, but you know, just, too, right? just because you know it has been a two man race and one man is you know out, there's yeah. it's a great chance that Bellinger wins it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. I, we 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 definitely think Bellinger is probably going to win it, but hey, you never know about these the the last tail end of the season, they might make a good run. Um another news, uh the Dodgers win their seventh division title. Um overrated or underrated, is that a look at is that something to snooze over? Or is it something that we can say that it is appreciated for seven straight division titles?
2: It depends on who you're asking, <laughs> realistically. Um, um <laughs> Dodgers fans or MLB? Right, the rest of MM I mean I I was doing some research into it. Um it's a great accomplishment you know, they they've won. They've won their division seven years in a row. Um, and I was I was reading some of the articles about it. I saw that Dave Roberts became the first manager in MLB history to lead his team to a division title in his first four seasons. So that's a great accomplishment mm-hmm. for him. Seven division titles is nothing to laugh at. Um they, they, with that, they're only the third team in MLB history. Um, they have the third longest streak. The longest is Atlanta with 14 straight years, and second is Yankees with nine. Um, but you know, on on the page, uh, just just pulling something from from you know our our sports page, consistently what I've seen between Dodgers fans and if you want to call them Dodgers haters, um, is is <laughs> right. the the World Series joke. You know. They haven't won a World Series since 1988. And I don't know if a lot of people, a lot of people do say it as a joke, but um, I've mentioned it before. The Dodgers are probably the team with the most amount of pressure this season. Like you can make a legitimate argument that this Dodgers team that's going into the postseason this year is the best team that they've had in recent memory. Now, yeah, there's very there's a lot at stake here. If the Dodgers make the World Series and lose for a third straight year, they'll be the third team in history to ever lose three straight World Series and the first to do it since 1913. Like you're talking about, it yeah. happened twice in the first 10 World Series.
3: Like in the first 10 so years of the
2: sport. Man. Like it's... So You said what, Rob? I, I said like the, the other two times that it happened, it happened in the first 10 years of baseball. Like so, it's something, you know, that I think that they have a lot of pressure um, for moving forward. So I I don't know, you know, I I think they're. It's great that they won the title, the division title, um, but they need a World Series win. Uh, I think that's what they they need. Yeah, they do. They have to. They have to. I've been and take it from me.
0: I'm a Dodgers fan, but I'm probably one of the hardest critics (laughs) when it comes to Dodgers. Like they, they consistency in the playoffs. Uh, in their playoff run, playoff history, they they like I said in the last episode, they have like this one game or a one play where you just look at them and it's like, what the hell are you right. doing? Um so it, it's 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 great, you know, division title, but my take on it is just eh, okay, you gotta you have to win a World Series. Honestly, if they make it and they don't win for a third straight year Either Dave Roberts gets the axe, in my opinion, or somebody, or they might blow that team up. Like I just that may be far fresh, that may be extreme, but for me being seeing this team consistently do well, but then somehow mess it up in the playoffs, I I, I have to believe somebody's getting the axe. Yeah. Right? And you don't know if it's a player or a man. You no, know, I don't I
1: really don't think that will happen. Just because if you look at the way that the Dodgers set up it's according to the plan. It's a team that that they're be they're built for death. They're built for the regular season, and if you play a thousand games, they will win most of them. That's just the way they're built. As far as farm yeah. system, as far as their depth, you know, David Roberts. He's not really. I can't say he's not there to win the World Series, but the reason he's there is because he's great at managing all those little intricacies. You have players come up all the yeah. time, and he's it's seamless. You know, we talk about how all the all the young guys come from the farm they produce right away and i think that is the Dave roberts effect so i don't think he's in danger of getting axed if you ask dodger fans themselves i think that might be a different story but from the organization mm. organizationally i don't think they they're even considering firing dave roberts as far as whether they're overrated or not i think dodger fans are at the point where yankee fans are where it's okay you won the division you're in the playoff cute yes. can, can you give me the ring though exactly exactly or i don't really care so that's a proper way to take it you've been you've been the best team in baseball last five years collectively so give me the hardware or this really doesn't matter right yeah
0: it's it's being around the la area where i'm from like you you can feel literally feel the the tension as far as We've seen this act before. (laughs) We've seen this before. You know, we've seen great teams. We've seen Kershaw, you know, put up Cy Young numbers and all this great stuff. But, you know, show me something. Uh, Before we go to a quick break, uh, one notable headline that recently kind of serviced a little bit in in Mets, uh, the Mets area, New York Mets. So, uh, apparently, Syndergaard got a little issues with the catcher, Wilson Ramos. Um, and I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but Syndergaard pretty much has some issues with Ramos. Uh, pretty much there was an instance in a game where uh, Ramos wasn't really communicating well um, during a game. Um, and Ramos uh, and Syndergaard, excuse me, Syndergaard has some misgivings that became really public. And so um, real quick, like, what is your take on this? Because apparently he actually, according to statistics, Ramos actually catches better with their other pitchers, Nato and Rivera, uh, with a two, 2.2 ERA. When he catches Syndergaard, it's a 5.09 ERA in 15 starts. Um, I guess my question to you guys is, when it comes to that pitcher-catcher relationship, um, and then, you know, a little... Well, to me, it's little, but a little petty stuff like this, as far as drama. Uh, is that something to really... You gotta handle that, or is it like, hey, look, let's play ball, get over it, um, you just you know call a spade a spade like what's your take on this little issue apparently they're having over there
1: so i'll, I'll start off with this one just because this is to me that something that's really intriguing you know i was a catcher through college i was a catcher in a little bit of minor league ball so it's one of those things where i kind of understand where both guys are coming from yeah if you're if you're Noah slender guard you want to feel comfortable on the mound you want to throw to someone that you know is kind of on the same page as you you don't want to have to guess you don't want to have to struggle you you don't want to add something else to the game that's already really hard however if you're the Mets and you're Ramos he's your best catcher you just paid him you want him in there for his offense regardless of how his right. defense puts up but since the your arm man and you've already had enough problems with send the guard just just let the dude have his catcher if it means having a better a better outing and he feels comfortable with someone else that helps your team more than you know forcing him to throw, throw to Ramos it, it just makes it yeah. make a lot of sense there is there is such a thing that is away from numbers as far as just comfortable, having, feeling comfortable and having the right guy. And obviously, Senegal doesn't feel comfortable with Ramos. So he's he's your he's your big arm. There's no reason there's no reason not to, to help him out in this case.
0: Yeah, and Ramos has a hot bat right now, so we'll see if that plays out. Um, what, what, what was uh, I think I heard
2: somebody else chime in. Yeah, no, I, I was pretty much I was pretty much going um, along the same line. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a former pitcher, so I understand this this relationship as yeah. well. Um, I think if anyone else that wasn't Jacob deGrom or Noah Sendingard was asking for this, they would be denied like on the spot. Um, I think, right. you know, you're, you're dealing with one of your aces here. Um, I did read something about the Mets said that for his next start, he probably won't have um, a personalized catcher. Like it will still probably be Ramos, but you need to pair up your aces with whoever they feel most comfortable with. Um, You know, usually, usually even even if he's your number one guy, like you want the best results. If he's not pitching well with Ramos, you have to replace him. The only tough situation the Mets are in is that they're in the National League. So you can't take Ramos out of Mm -hmm. your lineup and potentially put him at DH like as easily as you could in the American league, he's your best hitting catcher. So that gets a little tougher um, and you can't, you know, the only other position that he could place is first base and you're not moving Pete Alonzo out of first base. <laughs> right. So um, exactly. Yeah. I can understand where it's a little tough situation for them, but uh, I think they'll, they'll have to give in to sending guard eventually.
1: Just a,
0: just a yeah.
2: side
1: note here. Last, last podcast, we talked about Yadier Molina and the fact that Yadier has on un- on that rotation or thing, it's kind of the same thing, you know. There are right. some guys yeah. that catch better than other ones. And whether we want to admit it or not, as far as the analytic universe we live in, that is a big factor. Yadier Molina just being behind the plate helps is has to help that ERA out by a full point if I were if I were to you know try to find that t- statistic. So it's yeah. something that, that's kind of minor, but it really isn't. It really does make a big difference in, in a game.
0: Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree, and and, and the difference between you know Yadier Melina Molina has such a veteran leadership quality. He's been there, he's been there, been done that. Um, he's a savvy in the game. So there's nowhere near <laughs> where Ramos is, is aiming to be. But when we come back, we'll get into some Boston Red Sox drama. Um, where are they going? What direction are they going? They got a lot. South. They're going of stuff. south. Um, (laughs) We, they got a lot of stuff to figure out and it's all coming on like all at once, like an avalanche. So we're going to get into some Boston Red Sox talk right after these messages. Hey guys! So when you listen to the podcast and you hear the title SSAW Live Sports Podcast presented by the Craft Factory, you're probably wondering what does the SSAW stand for? Well, it stands for Specialized Sports Analysis Worldwide. It's a huge Facebook group community that only talks about sports all day every second every hour and from there make sure that you type in the letters ssaw or just type in the full name specialized sports analysis worldwide on facebook when you click on it make sure you put a request in one of the founders will click on your request and from there you join a huge community that loves to simply talk about sports every day and every second we talk about a wide variety of things from basketball to football to soccer to everything you name it even world wrestling entertainment Everything Under the Sun, we love to talk about it because we simply just love sports. So again, it's a Facebook group, a huge community that's waiting for you. Make sure you type that name in and we'll welcome you wholeheartedly. Welcome to (laughs) SSAW.
3: Cuadrados que vendemos Y a to'a' la baby que le metemos Brindemos por todo el dinero que hacemos Brindemos por los carros que tenemos Brindemos por los cuadrados que vendemos Y a por la baby que le metemos Mis hermanos se mueren por mí, yo me muero por ellos también, también. Los kilos, los faldos, los faldos, los botis Por faldo los kilos son 100. cien. Yo soy una estrella, eso es mi cadena Como si estuvieran en Belén Amén. Y yo tengo una cruz en el bicho Y tengo a tu puta gritando mamen El ah. diablo rojo, rohueco La FN rompe chaleco eh. La droga es toda pa' los tecos Y tú te vas a morir como checo eh. 200 mil en el cuello, en cuello. los kilos y los sellos Te se mandamos en el expreso Y el talibán <risa> se cae <calla> el camello <risa> Y butón, butón. La nueva de con el botón, brr. de enfriamiento el sistemón y de painet de 30 yo tengo un vagón. Ja. los pez de la cuarta generación, le compré el de 50 el tetón. el tetón. En el casco te pongo un millón y los gatos estos van a cazar el ratón. Brr. Me compré el Panamera, Panamera. acostamos mis cerdas desde la nevera. Y los cabrones que a mí me arrestaron pensaron que me jodieron mi carrera. Pero les hice un millón tanto precio y yo soy intojable adentro y afuera. Y mi puta está hecha completa y tiene el culo como Natalia Rivera. Ja, ja. Brindemos por todo el dinero, casi. Brindemos por los carros que tenemos. Brindemos por los cuadrados que vendemos y a todas las baby que le metemos. Brindemos por todo el dinero que hacemos. Brindemos por los carros que tenemos. Brindemos por los cuadrados que vendemos y por las baby que le metemos. Brr. Brindemos por lo que tenemos. El el ticket que hacemos. De la música millones recogemos. De la traficamos como si fuera el veneno ya. Ya pasa va a sentir donde estoy no en ninguno para a competir. Pa'l Diez Chapo de Bali rifle, una pallita mandamos con los difuntos a dormir. A tu gatale metemos. La cuenta no tiene freno. Por los enemigos brindemos la billetera.
0: All right, guys welcome back. We're back with Diamond Talk. Rob and Daniel, uh, we are heading to the East Coast—not literally, but the direction of this episode right now. We're going to the East Coast, where Boston Red Sox reside, Bean Town, and um, they got some tough decisions. They got some interesting things uh, coming up. Uh, they got ties with uh, with Dave, and I will not pronounce his last name. <laughs> um, uh, Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez are. You know, on that block of either getting paid or getting on the chopping block. Um, they're just it it looks like they're in a in a flux right now. Um, or at least about to be in a bigger flux. Um as as Rob says, you know, they're going south. Uh they are they are literally heading in a direction uh that's uh in baseball, in baseball culture, it looks pretty scary um financially. Um with luxury tax and all that stuff. So uh, my question to you, Rob, man, is you said they're going south. What? What? What's south? Where? What, Where? What, what's down there in south?
2: <laughs> in the direction of south? Uh, I mean, listen, the Red Sox as a franchise just have a boatload of issues. Um, they fired yeah. Dave Dombrowski. Um, I think I think probably their next firing, whether it's at the end of this season or he gets given one more season, is going to be Alex Cora. And my issue with mm-hmm. this is every time the Red Sox do this they always find the scapegoat, whether it's going to be Dombrowski, whether it's going to be Cora, they can never take responsibility for the mistakes that they make as a franchise. Now, if you ask Red Sox fans and you know, most baseball fans, okay, the Red Sox have won what four world titles in the last 18 years after not having one mm. for whatever it was, 80 plus seasons. Okay. <laughs> for life. That's great. <laughs> that, that That's great for yeah. them. But if you notice, after every world title, I think, except for the one that they got in 07, the year after that, they missed the postseason or they're just a worse team than they were. And there is no excuse for yeah. that this season. It's essentially the same yeah. team that won the World Series last year outside of a couple bullpen arms. It's essentially the yeah. same team. Now, I said it when this season started. As soon as I saw Chris Sale's first four or five starts, I said he has arm issues. There is something wrong with his arm. And, you know, down the line a couple months later, Chris Sale was injured. Now he has a 100. I forget what it was, whether it was like a $137 million contract that he's on the hook for. Um, I hope that he fixes those issues. But you have to look at the you have to look at the issues that the Red Sox failed to address. You have Porcello on a contract. You have David Price in a contract. Those are bad contracts. Those are guys that I don't know. Just to mm-hmm. just to throw in
0: there really quick, let me just read off these numbers um, to back your point. So they're totaling nearly 135 mm-hmm. million um in 2020 for luxury tax purposes. So here's some players that you just pointed out. Th- David Price, 31 million. Martinez, 22 million. Sale, 25.6 million for I, right. I'll digress. <laughs> Nathan. Nathan, 17 million. Dustin Berdroya, who has some issues. Thirteen point seven five million. Uh, right. Bogarts twenty million. Christian Vasquez four point five. So to back your point, they are
2: like you just said. They're 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 money wise. They are definitely got some issues. Yeah, there. and that's also not taking into account the extension they just gave Xander Bogarts. The extension exactly. that they're going to have to give Rafael Devers. The extension that they're going to have to give Mookie Betts if they keep him. The extension they're going to have to give Andrew Benintendi. Like it, it's an incredible amount of money, and. I don't care how many World Series you win. I mean, I know there's fans that it's like, oh, we won won a World Series. It's fine or whatever. How have you won four World Series in 18 years? And yet you probably have the worst franchise culture in the entire league like how yeah. how is your franchise culture that bad that you're constantly moving people from positions of power every new guy that comes in as a free agent has to look at a new team president or a new general manager there there's not enough time given for a culture to be built when they're constantly moving through people they're already talking about potentially moving on from Mookie Betts who is a franchise player cuz they don't want to pay him if they let if JD opts out JD's going to end up on teams like the White Sox or the Rangers because he for the most part he's going to stay in the American League cuz you know being yeah. a DH benefits him and it, it's a lot of stuff i mean it, it's similar to the, to the Dodgers except the Dodgers are being successful the, the Red Sox needed to fix their bullpen they failed to do that as well yeah like they it's a lot of issues that they failed to address um and you know before i kick it over to Daniel i think an important question to ask is is you know they will head south but what will they do to eventually start you know, moving upward again. And I think we need to address who potentially is going to replace Dave Dombrowski. Um, and I was looking at two particular candidates. Um, one would be Matt Arnold. Um, I believe he's um, the senior vice president for their brewers at the moment. He's a guy who in the last couple seasons has taken a lot of interviews to be a general manager, hasn't gotten those positions. But one of the things that he's great at is lowering payroll, and that's a thing that the Red Sox can benefit can take a huge benefit from. Um, and the other guy would be a reunion um, with uh, Josh. Uh, I believe it's Josh Barnes or Burns. Um, he works for the Dodgers right now. He used to work in the Red Sox organization and his strength is player development. And, mm-hmm. and that's something that you hear a lot from the Red Sox is, oh, they don't have good enough player development. Their farm system doesn't really hold up to a lot of other teams. Um, so those are two guys that can address two big needs that they have. But you know, at some point, you're going to have to start trying to build a culture there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for, for me, the way I look at it, I don't think it's the worst move you could have made. The only thing is the timing is absolutely terrible. First of all, you have, you do have Mookie coming up on his contract. You have JD who could possibly opt out. Now you're going to have a team where you still have long contracts there. You still have Chris Sale for four more years. You have over there for a long time now. Jesus like, Christ! <laughs> like you, you're gonna have issues just because you're not really cutting any payroll by just saying, "Oh, you you created these problems. We're gonna we're gonna fire you, so everything's gonna go away." It, it just won't work that way. Um, my my real bigger issue with this move is c- kind of like what you you said with like Alex Cora, where you can't put the season on Alex Cora, man. You can't put the season on any body individually you won the world series last year you taxed out your arms it's it's what happens you know you go deep unless you have an incredible amount of depth which is something the red sox didn't have last year that world series was very lucky not lucky it wasn't lucky but they're fortunate in the fact that their injuries weren't catastrophic they didn't didn't have anyone major go down you know pejorio's been down for the last like four years so you can't say that him not being there really hurt the team that much but when you go to a World Series, your arms your arms get taxed, man. And unless you have unless you're deep enough as an organization to move it forward, you're probably gonna suffer. As far as where the Red Sox are gonna head to next, it's it's not an easy fix. Uh, you have I have to think that if you're uh, if you come in, your first priority has to fi- be finding a way to keep Mookie there. Mookie's a top ten player, probably top five player in the game. He only helps your team. He's not someone that He's a rare, he's a rare player. Is what I'm trying to say. Uh, as far as the the farm system, yeah, they, they've missed on a lot of guys. They, they've probably not developed like they would want to. But the guys that they did have there, as far as Kopech and um, I'm, his name is like slipping right now. Oh, Yo, Makata, Those are guys that were supposed to be there, you know, right now, and those are guys who will be big pieces for for the White Sox. But you probably don't win this World Series unless you trade those guys for Chris Hill. So while I get that you want to be competitive every year, and you see all these teams like the Astros and the and, and the Dodgers, which are the two main teams that are, that are there every year right now, yeah. you have to be realistic. It, it, it's not something that that happens to. It's not going to happen to every team. If not, if that was the case, then why even play the season? You know, I think uh, when when you talk about cutting payroll, that's going to be a big issue. Teams don't want to take on big contracts, so why why would you trade prospects or trade any good players for someone with a big contract right now? They face an uphill battle, is what I'm trying to say, and I think they'll be fine. I just think they're going to be stuck in the same cycle where it'll be a slow development. They'll get desperate and be like, "Oh, we're right there in like about two or three years." They'll spend a shit ton of money and they'll be right in the same position where, "Oh my God, now look at how expensive we are. We need to find something to do." So. I, it was just weird timing, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, they they definitely go for the big bang. And two issues that was brought up, Rob brought them up, like player development and lowering costs. And when you don't develop players, then you can't keep players. And then you go for the big stars, you go for these players, and you pay them, and then you have nobody to bring up in the farm system. So... They they always they kind of put themselves in the catch twenty two consistently, um, but they need to start from the ground up and really find that person or even a group of people that'll build consistency and really work with what they have without reaching so much. You know what? Um, Outside of the organization, you want to hear something
1: crazy? We're having this conversation right now here in in September. I would not be surprised if this time next year we're talking about how the Red Sox are either a wild card team or heading to the. Oh yeah because because they're still good but the talent on that field yeah. didn't go anywhere they're, they're just as good they're, they're they,
2: they have no they're excuse they have no excuse right yeah it's it's they've always they've been
0: there it's just when you're looking at the the introspective of the organization it's just they suck <laughs> and that's the part where uh, people gotta realize that when you look deep within an organization, that's where the true success is, man. And it, so, um, it'll be interesting
2: to see. If it, look, if I'm Alex Cora, I'm sitting in that dugout comfortable because you know what? If you want to fire me, fire me. Because fire me. Yeah. one of the things that Alex Cora can put on his resume now is World Series winning manager, and that will get him hired yeah. somewhere. Because I can bet you, I don't know the exact number, but I can bet you there's less than ten current managers in the league right now who can say they won a World Series. So, Alex. Sure. So, Cora should just be comfortable. They're, I'm telling you, the Red Sox are going to find a scapegoat. It's probably Alex Cora is probably going to end up, you know, be out of Boston, but he'll land on another cool. team. He'll, he'll be fine. Yeah.
0: And probably a good team at that. So, you know, he's he's not going to be that far off if he stays or goes. Um, so we'll see what happens with the Red Sox mm-hmm. and how they're shaping up the organization. Um, team, They're solid, but organization-wise, they got some work to do. So uh, we'll take a quick break, and, and when we come back to close out, we're going to look at some prospects who uh, came up and who made big impact and also respond to an email uh, that we got. And so um, until then, uh, tune in to these messages, and then we'll be back. Tell me what you going to do
3: Confrontation ain't nothing new to me. You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me. Fuck you and all your expectations. I don't even want your congratulations. I recognize your false confidence and calculated promises all in your conversation. I hate people that feel entitled. Look at me crazy cause I ain't invite you. Oh, you important, you the moral to the story. You endorsing, motherfucker, I don't even like you. Corrupt a man's heart with a gift. That's how you find out who you dealing with. It's my percentage you I'm building with I want the credit if I'm losing or I'm winning Oh my mama, that's the realest shit now, Let's talk about love Is it anything, anything you everything you
0: To Diamond Talk. We are wrapping up the show. But before we get out of here, uh, we got our prospect radar. Well, we had some call-ups, actually, that were making some, some big impacts. So I'll leave it up to Daniel and Rob, uh, who who really is uh, making some noise right now over there um, through the farm system and on the way now to the big leagues.
1: Yeah, so uh, right now, I think the my favorite uh, September call-up and the guy who I actually had winning rookie of the year before injuries is Jesus Lazardo. He actually just made his, he just made his MLB uh, debut tonight. He got two, he got two strikeouts in his first inning. Uh, he's he's going to be good. I compared him to Johan Santana coming up. He's he's just that. Mm. That's, that's pretty big comparison, but I think he could live up to it. Now uh, he's a hard thrower. Uh, he, you know, I, in my opinion, if if you're the A's and you're really going to make a run at at a World Series here, he's probably the most talented guy in your system. You need to have him there. I don't see a reason why he wouldn't be there. He, they, he makes them a different team. I think this, this, this September is going to be kind of like a, almost like a tryout for him because they know why he has, but it's going to be about him establishing himself on the team and hopefully making a roster spot in October. I, I think he really help me. I think he could be a game changer. I'd rather have him out there than Mike Fairs t- 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 for that example. You know what I, mean? I, I, I want him out there if I'm done.
2: Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I, I would have to say I, I could just make this boring and say I agree. Because um, <laughs> honestly, he was the top guy on my list as well. Um, I was heartbroken when I had to drop him from my fantasy team because I thought he was going to be, you know, before he got injured, I thought he was going to be a big part of, of the Oakland A's rotation this year. Um, he's the sixth bef- best pitching prospect in all of baseball, the A's number one. Um, the, the kid has has huge potential i mean he's going to be the face of that rotation yeah if he can stay healthy um but you know just just to throw another name out there i i I think we have to go with someone like gavin lux um i mean for the dodgers the the kid has just been he's been going off he's 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 pretty good on fire um i've seen that he made huge leaps like i think i think maybe like two or three months ago he was like their number four prospect now he's their number one um, he leapfrogged a bunch of other guy, a bunch of other good, talented young guys in that system um, and definitely a guy that, you know, should be a part of the Dodgers long term plans. Um, I, I think you look at someone like Gavin Lux and, and it just it gives you a clearer picture of how dangerous the Dodgers are, because not only. Do do they have all these current guys on their team, but their pipeline is stacked. And the key with that is that they're not only getting talented young players, but they're getting players that are going to be under team control for extended periods of time. Um, so I, I see someone as Gavin Lux, who, who we'll see flashes of um, in the MLB. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're not looking for him to, to go out there and make a case for rookie of the year in a month. Um, but you know, I, I think he's a guy that that'll give you a good showing <laughs> and and probably has a, a very solid chance of making the opening day roster next year. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah no, I, I've I watched him closely. He's pretty. He's doing. He's making some noise right now. What was you gonna say? Dan? I'll say just
1: a just a couple more guys that might just impact the playoff race when we get there. Gavin Lux is one of those guys because there's a good. I don't know if it's a great chance he makes a roster, but it wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. He's he's been good enough where I'd probably think about it. Um, other big names though that have come up to September that may make a postseason roster, you gotta look at Nate Lowe and Tappa Bay to keep your eye out, and Kyle Tucker, who's who's been up since uh, George Springer went down. Those are two guys mm. impact impact rookies can possibly possibly have an outside chance of making the, the postseason roster. And may, maybe names we talk about a month from now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that we'll, we'll definitely keep our eye on, on these players um, making some noise in the league and, uh, you know, really, really um, putting some putting some good things together. So hopefully these players can really uh, make an impact on the professional level next year. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, all right, it's time for email talk. Um- getting emails uh since we have debuted so thank you guys who are listening thank you guys for doing that again if you have any questions that you want answered live statements arguments concerns whatever is on your chest that you want to give out please email us at DiamondTalkPodcast at gmail.com that's DiamondTalkPodcast at gmail.com we got an email from uh, a very familiar person actually abraham lawal um and i will read this word for word This might be a two-part question, so uh, I'll read this out word for word. Y'all know what it is, Mets talk. (laughs) So far, so good. The Mets have grabbed the first two games, two of the four-game set with Arizona. The National League Rookie of the Year has hit for his 47th home run. Given the recent loss of the reigning MVP, Christian Yelich, has the race swung more in favor for the Mets? Washington is currently on the skid. Atlanta battles with Philly, and Chicago isn't have the easiest of times. Additionally, a recent report has came out emphasizing Noah's statements to the media. He has been saying, as of now, when speaking to the press, i.e., as of now, this is my family. As of now, I want to be here, etc., <laughs> etc. Et How likely is it that Noah remains a Met? Will we have him for the 2020 campaign? As always, love the work y'all doing. Keep repping the Jersey slash NYC knowledge. All right, fellas. You gave us the whole Who bio of the Mets right there. I mean, the whole, <laughs> I mean, all the way to the, the 80s playoffs. Like, what, you know, shout out to Abraham, though. So, fellas, the first part, let's do the first part. How has the race swung in their favor um, since Yelich has went down? Is it a great swing or is it a minor swing?
1: I think I think this is pretty big for them. I still have them on the outside looking in because they, they do have a, a big mountain to climb. It definitely helps them. Yeah. It, it doesn't hurt them. Anytime you have probably really the best player in the National League go down, it's gonna help everybody else. I, I think the Mets have a chance, it's all about momentum. If I'm the Mets, I probably I probably let some of the guard pitch get that extra win in. But uh yeah i know it's definitely looking better for the Mets like i said if somebody if somebody sweeps if somebody sweeps the series it, it would be huge for that team so right now Mets win two out of four so it could be it could be a good time for them yeah
2: yeah i mean i uh, i'm i'm gonna disappoint abraham with this answer um but um <laughs> and, and and trust me i hope i'm wrong but like daniel said i ha- i have them on the outside looking in um Because, you know, regarding my previous comments about Milwaukee, I didn't see Milwaukee as a serious contender, even with Christian Yellick. So I never really saw Milwaukee as like a a blockade necessarily for the Mets to get to the wild card. Um, I think a lot of these teams like Milwaukee, Philly, Arizona, New York, um, I think I think they're going to make pushes, but. I'm, I'm pretty set on my predictions. I, th- I think the Nationals are going to stay in there, and I think whoever comes in second in the Central is going to end up grabbing that second wild card.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Mets are very streaky, too. So it's who knows? Who knows with them? The second part of that question, though, is Noah Syndergaard. Uh, you know, he's asking, hey, is, is Noah going to remain a Met? Um, and when, will they have him? For the 2020 campaign, um, he has made statements and um, in, in reading articles and stuff like that. He has used that verbiage, so I can't attest to, to what he's saying. Um, but what do you guys think? I mean, is that something to to, to really look at? Will he be a Met next year, or do you think he, he's, you know, he might be frustrated a little bit right now, but he's staying.
1: I think it depends what you can get back for him. The Mets have been pretty open about shopping him. They, it, look, it seems like they've been shopping him since last off season. Yeah. Oh, wow, Right. I, I never really understood, understood why because I think the talent's there. I I always felt like he was a big injury risk guy just because I personally don't like the way he's built. But, you know, nothing's happened to him major, so that's not really a reason to, to talk about. But with, yeah. with these recent problems, you hear him talking about Ramos. You saw him during a trade deadline kind of be... You saw him on Twitter being a little, I don't want to say dismissive, but he, yeah. you can't say that he had a good time during that two-week span. So... I, I, I see them looking for trade partners. I think the Padres might be one. They might feel like they're contender next year. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I would say I'd say it's sixty forty that he's not there. It might be better for both parties just to to move away from each other. Split. Right. Yeah,
2: just yeah. to split ways. Yeah, completely agree. I, I, I think it's just going to come down to what type of package you can get in return for him. Um, he he's going to be very sought after. I don't think the Mets have to give him up for anything that they don't want in return, um, and and he would bring a, a, a really decent package to be honest. He's he's, you know, at, at his best, he's he could be like second tier ace level, you know, like a number two guy on a, on a very mm-hmm. in a very good rotation, um, and I, but here's the thing, it's gonna come down to how the Mets view themselves as a team next year. Do you think Pete Alonso? has a strong sophomore year do you think Edwin Diaz bounces mm. back do you think your rotation with Degrom and Syndergaard and Strowman is going to be strong enough healthy enough to carry you to a postseason run because if we're if we're being realistic about it the trade for Stroman kind of makes Syndergaard expendable to the Mets like they could just be willing True. to let him go because now they have another number two to put behind the um, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't really want to get into the argument of who, who I think is better between Syndergaard and Strowman, both talented guys. But, you know, if they, if they did feel the need to move on from Syndergaard, then they have Strowman there. And, you know, Daniel mentioned the Padres. The, the Padres have been linked in, to, to starting pitching, but specifically Syndergaard for over a year now. And that goes back okay. to the Dodgers. Listen, the Dodgers better enjoy <laughs> them. NL West titles because I will tell you what the (laughs) Padres are coming. The Padres are coming coming. in two to three seasons. Shout out to Manny Machado over there, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr. Who uh, they have? Oh my God, their pipeline is stacked. Like the Padres are coming. They didn't make the postseason this year. They might not make it next year, but in a couple seasons, that's going to be the Dodgers' toughest competition out there. And with the with the acquisition of someone like Noah Syndergaard, that could just add fire to that whole team
0: right those are the type of teams you really got to be scared of especially if they are they're not tanking but because they're building literally building (laughs) something in the works um especially with a farm system like that man it's it's yeah the the whole nl west needs to look over their shoulder a little bit next year so we'll definitely see what happens um shout out to 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 people emailing us feel free to continue to email us uh tell us what you think of the podcast leave reviews Give us feedback. Wait, can I just, can I just say all. one
2: final thing? Did yes. you guys see yes. that Um, as of tonight, the Angels are officially eliminated from playoff contention? So that means another postseason without the best player in baseball, Mike Trout, just throwing that out there.
1: I am actually surprised we're this deep in the season and just throw a conversation. So,
2: <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, something to think about. I, I, it's it's. Yeah, no, that's, that's, so year, so that's year one of his 12-year deal with no postseason. Yeah, there it
0: is. So, we'll There's see. No postseason. But keep in mind, I mean, even before that, he wasn't really – they wasn't really doing any any noise, making noise, you know, with him
2: there. I just – Yeah, that, uh, it's, that, that's a topic we could get into on another episode yeah, because, listen, it's I could so go much. on for two hours. <laughs> like, the Angels front office is yeah. crazy. Yeah, that is so much. All their
1: fun. contracts are up in about two seasons – so when they can spend money again by that time, we might be talking a little bit differently. But yeah, no, they're they're, yeah. they're
2: the right now. I mean, we could we a could mess. be talking differently, or we could also be talking another C.J. Wilson, Josh Hamilton signing, you know, period oh, for them. Yeah, mm, you never know. Yeah, yeah, we never know. But well,
0: we we appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, we thank you guys for for tuning in. Tune into the next episode um, as we wrap up this one. Shout out to Rob and Daniel for being on here on Diamond Talk Podcast. But until then, we'll see you soon. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you guys later. Peace. Hey guys, we want to thank you for listening to the Diamond Talk Podcast presented by the Craft Factory. Stay tuned for the next episode. But until then, if you have any statements, comments, or you want your questions answered live on the podcast, feel free to email us at DiamondTalkPodcast at gmail.com. That's DiamondTalkPodcast at
3: gmail.com. See you soon.